Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. It's good to see your smiling faces. And uh, yeah, we, we had a world mandate was great and super encouraging. And, and uh, you know, even if you know, didn't get to come during the weekend, but, you know, we're here last Sunday. It was uh, also powerful. We had to overcome a few challenges there at the end, but I felt we were just talking about it later. The power, the board froze up and it was going to have to be cut down or cut down, (laughs) shut down um, at the uh, end there, right in the ministry time. And you guys just pressed in, like just extra pressed in. Of course, it didn't hurt that Joe was like, fire in the name of Jesus, fire in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit power, Holy Spirit power. And everybody wanted to come up and get, you know, touched by whatever, whatever the need was. And uh, so just, it was great. We had, so, we had people healed, delivered, uh, encouraged, set up for the next season of life and the seeds planted. And I want to encourage you about the seeds that were planted, man, water those things, let it be on good soil. Don't let it get snatched away. There's so many things that we're stirring in our own hearts. And it was one of those things personally where I felt like, you know, I'm supposed to, you know, uh, that first night Michael had a call and it was about the heart the whole time. And and I felt like, okay, am I supposed to just run to the front myself? And no, just let, let the young people come. And I mean, I paused for about 10 seconds and then it was solid people back into the aisles. And so that was over anyway. But there was that desire in my own heart, even as I'm hearing the messages too, you don't, you don't outgrow the need for your heart being tender in the presence of God. You know, we just, we need that. We need that time together. And of course, then it was, had a, a, a trajectory of touching other people. And, and I do want to just say, there was a few different contexts where we put our arms around each other and we were prophesying and praying and, and the Lord, I had that sense, that vision I've had since we came down here to Fort Worth of Jesus rising up over the city and fire shooting to the nation and to the nations. But, but I saw it in this room. We were out in the parking lot praying a couple weeks ago, and I saw the Lord, and, but then it all clicked together when we were walking in unity together. It's when we're walking in unity together that the Lord really does manifest. In a big, that's his prayer, that we would live in unity so the world would know. And it, I just maybe that it's a 20-year picture of as we're walking in unity, the Lord is rising up and fire is shooting to the city, to the region, to the nation, and to the nations. So just uh, thank you, staff. Thank you, elders. Thank you, volunteers. Thank you, speakers. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, media and tech folks. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, and in any other way, any other person that needs to be thanked, just I'm trying to say it, but I'm not remembering everything. And if you, yeah, so uh, tried to catch a lot of it there, though. Thank you. It's really good. Okay, we're starting a new series today on John. So just a short thing, it's going to be signs and signposts. And so the idea is that we're going to be looking at the seven signs. 
And even in Easter, we'll stay in John, and then we'll start a new little short mini-series on 13 through 17 after Easter. Lord willing, that's what we're seeing. So seven weeks to kick this thing off, and uh, signs and signposts. And so if you think about the signs, so uh, there's like these sevens in John. You know, there's seven names for Jesus in chapter one. There's seven I am statements. There's seven signs. And all of these things, I'm going to connect to the prologue here in a little bit, that opening first 18 verses of John, that John brilliantly, anointedly, I don't know if that's an adverb, but, um, but, but he's just, he's, looking, he's, he's writing this gospel maybe around 90 95, much later, and he's interacting with the other synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and then he's writing this post-resurrection perspective on all that he lived through, and it's brilliant. I mean, I just, anybody, uh, it's, I don't do that, um, but, but just, I love John. I love John. John has been super impactful. I wasn't trying to create a contest with the other Gospels. <laughs> They're all good. We need to be reading the Gospels at all times. Always reading and rereading. And um, my, yeah, I don't know why that went off. Should be unlimited up here, but I'll work through it. So the seven signs, what are they? Seven signs are the water to wine at the wedding feast, the, um, the healing of the official's son. Oh, y'all are looking. I, I was trying to remember them. Um, the healing of the crippled man at Bethesda, the feeding of the 5,000, the healing of the man born blind, the raising of Lazarus from the dead, and then Jesus' own resurrection. And can you see how all those things might point to some greater identity of who Jesus is. in all of those, it's what he's coming to bring. His kingdom is coming. And they all point to Jesus. They all point to the new creation. They all point to the kingdom reality that Jesus has come to bring to planet earth. You know, in his incarnation, life, ministry, death on a cross, resurrection, ascension, pouring out the spirit in his return again. So that's what's going on here. You might, you might think about the signs, uh, like signs on a road. You know, there's that, I, one of my favorite Texas signs is when you're coming in to Marshall, East Texas from Louisiana, and you get off the roads in Louisiana. And then that, so part of it, the fun thing is getting off 20 in Louisiana. And it, but, <laughs> to tell you, I love everybody, Louisiana. <laughs> that, what's that? Anyway, uh, that, that, who dad? <laughs> I was trying to say dat dim, and that wasn't working. It's who dat. That's the saints thing. But so you're coming in, and you enter Texas, and then there's a sign on I-20 there as you've just come into Texas, and it, it says El Paso 893. And part of it's because you know, it's a unique kind of situation there. There's, you can do that, and so they do. But that's a road sign. And if you stay on that road for 893 miles, you eventually come to the other side of Texas. You know, crazy, huh? But that's a sign. So that's what we're talking about. The purpose of a sign is to show us where we're headed as we're going down the road. And then 
like a road map to discipleship. That's the sign that what Jesus is doing. And then not only are there signs that Jesus is doing, we're actually called to be signposts ourselves, where we, you know, you guys have seen this before, but we're called to be a signpost people that point people to Jesus and the way things will be. We're a time traveling kind of people in the sense that we see the future as God wants it to be, and we want to express it in the present. And in doing that, justice, righteousness, holiness, faith, love being expressed through the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, it points people to Jesus and to what's coming. And so in the signs of Jesus, what we're wanting to see is who is Jesus? Who is he? So his identity. And then what is he about? What's he doing? So who is he? What is he doing? And what should we care about as his followers? So those are the things that we're looking at, seven of those things. And we're going to be reading and rereading John. I want to just pause here just so that you clearly hear me. Are you saying you want me to read and reread John during this? Yes, I want you to read and reread John. You haven't gotten to the end of it yet. You haven't gotten to the end of all the depth that is in John. It's like you, a brand new, you could give a brand new believer or somebody that was even just, a, hey, let me know more about faith and Jesus. You could have them read John. But there are layers. There are layers on layers on layers on layers in John. And the deeper you want to go, the deeper you can go. It's really, it's really awesome. I love it. And the point in all of this is, he says at the end of the gospel, is that we would believe and that in believing, we would have life in him. John 20, verse 30 and 31. So it runs from the front to the back, but he's being very clear pretty much all through it. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. So we're talking about seven that are recorded, but there's many other signs that are not recorded in the book. But these are written so that you may, here it is, you may believe and that by believing you may have life in his name. Okay. Um, I'm going to, give me a second here. I'm going to see if I can go to settings and make this thing not go off anymore. Five minutes isn't long enough, but never is. And basically like an iPad tech guy. We're up and live here, and it's not going to go off on me. Um, do you ever, is that one of your fears? You'll have to do some tech thing in front of a bunch of people. Kim, you would love that, wouldn't you? She's pretty techie. So, uh, opening of John. I, I want to just introduce the prologue here a bit. It, because what, what the prologue is doing, those first 18 verses of John, what the prologue is doing is introducing Jesus and his identity, who he is, and uh, his, his names. And, and it is a blow away. I was reading the prologue the other day, and I had to just push away from the desk because I was in tears. I couldn't, I just like, whoa. And I've read it before. I, I've read it before. 
but I was reading it with fresh eyes and it was just beautiful to me just seeing the Lord high and lifted up the word who was with God turned toward God face to face from all eternity and who was God it's just it's it's beautiful so um so all of the that we're reading in the in the prologue is going to be unpacked in the seven signs so there's a connection between this introduction and the seven signs so he's so it, it really will help you to read everything we're doing go back and forth from the prologue to the next sign prologue to the next sign prologue to the next sign just a just a good way of of reading it with insight and revelation ultimately the cross and the resurrection uh, the I am's read the I am's from the from the prologue forward and the I am's are like I'm the bread of life I am the gate I am the good shepherd I am the way the truth and the life I am the resurrection and the life um, and then he'll just randomly throw in that, that phrase in Greek is ego a me and he'll throw in that phrase I am and that is the identification of the one true God. When Moses encounters the burning bush, who do I say that you are? I am that I am. I am that I've always been and that I always will be. I am that I am. So that's, that's Jesus now manifesting in physical form, in a body, embodying the God of Israel. That's what's happening here, and it's, it's beautiful. So the main thing is that God wants us to make a clear connection as we're doing this. Here's the main thing, that God wants us to make a clear connection between Jesus and the glory of God. Jesus and God's glory. Glory is a theme throughout John. Jesus is obviously a theme, and there's a connection that we're looking for even today in this message on glory. So let's look at this first piece here, which is connecting the prologue and the signs. Um, it, I, I know that may not be the most exciting sermon point you've ever heard, <laughs> but, but it, it, it is exciting. Let's read it. Right. Let's stand up for the reading of God's word. Let's honor the word being read here. Father, bless the reading of your word. Lord Jesus, open up our eyes to see you in a fresh way. Holy Spirit, help us. Take those things which are belong to the Lord Jesus and make them real to us here. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him, all things were made, and without Him, nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. And he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. And yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, 
children born not of natural descent nor of human decision but or or a husband's will but born of God the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us we have seen his glory the glory of the one and only son who came from the father full of grace and truth John testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness, we have all received grace in place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the one and only son who is himself God and is in closest relationship with the Father at his heart, in his breast, has made him known. This is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. Be to God. Amen. So, just right off the bat, one thing I want us to get here, and just put your thinking caps on, stay with me on this. But So John is quoting the, the, the most accessible Old Testament version was a Greek version written in the second century BC called the Septuagint. And so it was written in Alexandria by Jews in North Africa there. And this, this phrase is like directly out of the Septuagint. In the beginning, God created. But check it out. So that's Genesis 1.1 in the Septuagint. N-R-K, ain. But now he says, holagos. Yes. Yes, he says, instead of God created, he said, was the word. In the beginning was the word, God speaking. And the word was turned toward God. And the word was God. You know, and it's just like, okay, so he's saying something about what he's going to be unpacking here because he's directly connecting the beginning of John to the beginning of creation. And this is not going to be like a, a new creation and us being able to see what's going on there. So in, in the beginning, God created. And here in the beginning was the word, the spoken word that brought creation into being. He goes on there. He was with God in the beginning and through him, all things. I just always like reading this because it's like, in case you wonder, like, is there anything outside of the creative scope of Jesus Christ, the word? No, 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 there's not. Through him, all things were made. And just to be clear, without him, nothing was made that has been made. So just, you know, a lot of times I think we think of God like out there somewhere and somehow we're existing kind of deistically. God's over there and we're somehow alive here. Just we're alive on our own. But there's no life apart from God. There's no living apart from Jesus. He is the one who holds all things together by the word of his power is the way Hebrews chapter one says that. So it's like, okay, wow. You know, part of my darkness is believing that I'm on my own alone and that my hiding in the bushes actually is effective somehow in, in with God. But the, the, the beauty of this is that Jesus is bigger than what you currently thought. And he always will be. And we will never, there's no time where we're going to go, Jesus, you know, I, I made too much of you. 
you know, here on earth. I just, I, I thought about you too much and I thought you were too big. It, we won't get there. And so you, you can't think about him too much. The more you think about him, the more you're going to realize that he is in an eternal relationship with his father and the power of the spirit and shared love and communion in the spirit. It's Trinitarian to the core. And that's the God that we follow is Jesus, the son who reveals the father in his love and the shared communion in the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. And so uh, God created the word. And so the per- part of the signs is going to be revealing creation and God's creative power, God's life, God's light. Jesus, I'll just run through these, but who is Jesus? He's the word. He's God. He's, he's the life. He's the creator. He's the light of the world that shines in the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. He is the word made flesh, the incarnation. That's, that's all right there. He's God, the the uh, the everlasting one becomes created and stepping into the flesh in order to to do and fix and be all the things that we need God to actually do and fix and be for us to bring us out of the darkness out of the shadows out of the hiding out of the bondages out of the lostness and bring us into life and he deals with us with our flesh He takes it on. He became what we are so that we can become what he is without losing distinction between the creator and the created. So so there's a distinction there that is just because we're brought into his family doesn't mean we become God. We don't, but we are in the family of God. We share his life. And that's what the incarnation is so wonderfully beautiful. I'll just say this. I think I've spent more time in the last five or ten years i don't just last window thinking about the incarnation than in my prior years of life and living and 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 i love it and i wish somebody would have told me the good news you know it's nobody's fault but but i want to i want to share this with you so that you see how wonderful it is that god Though he was rich, yet for your sakes became poor so that you might share in his wealth, the wealth of heaven, stepping out of that and into flesh, into a baby's body. God and humanity brought together. God and the creation and humanity brought together in the person of Jesus Christ. He is the great mediator. He's going to tell Nathaniel later in the chapter, you know, you'll see the angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He is the connection. That's deep. He's talking about Jacob's ladder and the dream at Bethel. But it's, it's powerful. It's that he is the one that brings heaven and earth together. That's who Jesus is. And, you know, something like The Chosen, I haven't seen all of uh, season three. I finally had somebody get me in a headlock and get me to watch it. And, you know, it's good. You know, I mean, it really is. It's, and it will help you understand God in the flesh. You know, it's just a, but it's like, whoa. Like, really think about God and his authority being in a man. It's just powerful. Yeah, it's just, it, whoosh. 
so uh, yeah, so the word became flesh. My notes don't have everything I just said. So uh, um, grace and truth, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, so the, the grace is the power that God gives us to salvation, to life. Not just that we experienced it one time, but it's the gra- His grace is His power in us to receive this life and to live this life and to believe in Him, to trust in Him. And truth, grace and truth come through Jesus because He is reality. Now, that is a sweeping statement for us. I'm the way, the truth. Like, so we as believers in Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, we're looking through the lens of Jesus because he is reality. And there is no reality, like literally, apart from him. Isn't that awesome? Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. It's powerful. It's mind-blowing. And so then the final piece there is intimacy with the Father. That phrase down there, the last verse, uh, no one's seen God, but the one and only Son who is himself God is in closest relationship at the Father's heart, at the Father's bosom, has made him known. You know, and, and John's going to tap into that later when he's at the Last Supper and he's got in his head the one that Jesus loves on the heart of of Jesus. And and there's just a picture there for us being brought into that relationship of love ourselves, that we can put our heads on the heart of Jesus. We can experience the love that has existed forever. And, And it's that covenant love. I was talking with Michael Miller last week at dinner, and uh it just he said, Man, I said, What's fresh? And he said, Man, I'm just on this thing about covenant love, you know, and just, he said, do you ever think about God like before creation? I said, yeah, sometimes. And, and I said, keep going though. And he said, he said, oh man, it's like this covenant love that existed with God before creation. And out of that covenant love of overflowing covenant love, God gets creative, and, and he creates us in love. And I'm like, ooh, that's good, man. <laughs> I, I really, that's uh, like, I was just biting my tongue. He's like, oh, I think about this stuff all the time. I'm glad you're thinking about it too. Uh, but that's, so that's what we want to unpack in John. So signs, all that stuff there in the prologue, it's, it's a reference point that John wants us to see in the signs and how we're to then live as signpost people. You know, it's, it's beautiful. And signposts point to Jesus so we can be signposts that also point to Jesus and his kingdom. Let's look at the second thing there. And that is, I'm just calling it abundant life and the glory of God. Well, I thought it was a wedding feast and there was a lot of wine. It is that, but I'm just calling the point abundant life in the glory of God because you'll, you'll see why here. Let's read it. You don't have to stand up this time. But John chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. On the third day, a wedding took place in, at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, 
Why do you involve me? Jesus replied, My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six stone water jars, the kind used by Jews for ceremonial cleansing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. And Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, Now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. He did not realize where it had come from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, Everyone brings out the choice wine first, and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink, but you have saved the best till now. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. He revealed his glory, and his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and brothers and his disciples, and they stayed there for a few days. So again, this is the word of God, and we say, thanks be to God. So there's abundant life and glory in this story. Glory in this story. Uh, so. <laughs> makes you makes you want a pori. <laughs> I don't know, man. I'm just sorry. Uh, just it's a thing we did in our family on car trips. Uh, we had to do rhyming things a lot. Uh, so weddings. I think weddings are like cross cultural. I, there's just not many wedding wedding cultures. I don't know if I don't maybe know if anyone somebody's going to help me out where a wedding is like a bummer or, or a downer or crummy. Wish I was some, well. Maybe you do wish you were somewhere else, depending on family situations and scenarios, <laughs> brokenness, sin, stuff like that. But but the idea of it is, you know, it's like it's on. You know, it's a celebration. There's joy. You know, what's it like in Turkey? Yeah, Turkey. Uh, give me another reference point. Nigeria. Big dancing. Three days. Three days. Yes. I think this was probably a multiple day thing too. My point here is weddings are a celebration of life. Uh, like we just talked about, there's covenant love that's happening and out of that covenant love comes creative life and a family and descendants and those kinds of things happen. So this first sign to me is so on the ground. Like it's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like hyper spiritual or something. You know, it's, it's really on the ground, embodied God in the flesh, and he's making things better at a wedding feast, at a, at a celebration. So it's not dualistic, you know, spiritual, good, embodied people having a party bad. Make sense? So we, we have to fight that in our culture. We have to fight dualism. There's a lot of dualisms, but that's, that's one of them. And so we're actually living real human lives that God originally said, hey, it's good. The creation is good. 
You know, it's broken sinfulness that destroys it and, and, and is such a problem. And uh, so it's good. And he's a creative God, the Son, the Word. And he's saving a young couple from social humiliation. If you just think about that part for a second, how humiliating that would be. And his mother's coming. She's going, look, this is not good. They need more wine. And so that's what's happening. And wine uh, actually plays a central role in this gospel in different ways. So here at the wedding feast at Cana uh, in Galilee, um, certainly at the Passover meal, the Last Supper, Jesus is holding up the different cups, and this is the cup of the new covenant in my body, in my blood. And so the, the cross, so all those things are pointing to the wine, which points to the blood of Jesus shed for us. And so highly symbolic and highly meaningful. And, uh, you know, I think that, that for us, probably one of our greatest desires is to be loved and to love, to be loved and to love. Uh, maybe there's something bigger, but I'm just throw, that's right up near the top, right? To be loved and to love. And this wedding is symbolic of that. If you even think, like, where does the whole eschatological end point to? It's a wedding feast. It's a wedding feast, the, the, the wedding supper of the Lamb, where Jesus is the embodied bride of his people, God and his people together, and Jesus Christ and the church, Jew, Gentile together in the body of the Messiah. So, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a beautiful vision. You guys know I love talking about Christ and the church and the glory of God, and it's all, all of that's connected right in here together. So, and I, it's also important too when he says there at the beginning, on the third day, you know, so the, the third day is important. It's, the, it's pointing to the resurrection, straight up. It's pointing to things being redeemed, made right, forgiveness, the celebration of new life, of new creation on the third day. And then when he says to his mom, um, my hour has not yet come. You know, so hour is something that John's going to pick up again. The hour. The hour when he's lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. That's the hour. That's the hour. And it's not arrived, but it's, he's starting to unpack it here. And, uh, and here's the abundant part. Jesus came that we might have life and have it, what? Abundantly. He, he came for us to have abundant life. And he says that over and over again, that we would have eternal life. Life that starts now, but is eternal in quality. It's, and it's knowing the Father and knowing the Son. He says these things explicitly in, in, the, in the prayer in John 17, verse 3. This is life, and I want you to have the abundant life. So, yeah, there's a little bit of abundance going on here we need to just look at. So, six jars with 20 to 30 gallons of water in them, that would be an equivalent. If we were going to put this in bottles, just you, you need to... It's like a lot, okay? It's a lot of wine. Um, and it, I'm just, it, to me, it just speaks of abundance and joy and abundance, celebration. You know, 600 to 880 bottles of wine. I mean, that's on. That's like, that's, 
Sorry, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> um, one ton to a ton and a half of grapes that would be required, to, that's a creative miracle. There's no two ways about it. That God in the flesh goes to a party, you know, and um, I know there are some arguments. Uh, Kim heard one recently that uh, this, back then the wine wasn't real wine. It was, it was like grape juice. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't even know what to say. I, uh, it, it doesn't fit the context doesn't seem to meet the, the joyful thing that was, and that it was better than the stuff that was before. Uh, grape, grape juice is, I don't know, kind of grape juice. Uh, so I'm moving on. But he is the life. He is the life. He's holding all things together by the word of his power. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. So in the beginning, God created. In the beginning was the word. And now this sign is pointing to this creator, God, the word in the flesh, and he's creating. An incredible uh, story. It involves people. I, I love the part that it involves people. It's not just Jesus isolated, but his mother says, hey, do whatever he tells you. And it's that actual involvement of us as people that is beautiful yeah. I mean, it really is God is doing stuff but he's working through people he's pulling us in I, I think about those guys the, whoever filled the water jars up and scooped the thing and took it to the, the master of the banquet you know the guys that were involved in that and saw that happen you know they had a testimony for the rest of their lives you know that God did this I was there when God did this and Jesus is who he claims to be. You know, and you can't, you can't make that not real. Now, not everybody believes signs. You know, they saw Lazarus raised from the dead, and then they decided it's time to kill Jesus. That's, that's when it in earnest began. Was it can't, he can't be in us and us keep our place here. So uh, they're witnessing to Jesus. And the mat, master of the banquet bears witness to Jesus as well. You've saved the best till now. And that first sign reveals his glory. And that's where I'm going on this. It reveals his glory, verse 11. And then his disciples believed in him. So early on, you've got the disciples doing what we want to be doing. See the glory of Jesus and believe in him. Yeah, so there's so many ways to see the glory of Jesus. And all these all these things and many more and all the stories that you have that nobody can take away from you about your experience of the life-giving one. The Word, the light, the life. The Word became flesh. The crucified Savior. The resurrected Savior. The Lord, the ascended one who rules and has authority over heaven and earth. All things, all people. You know, that is what is our destiny is to believe. And so that's the point of this sermon is that we would connect his glory and believing in Jesus and his glory and us believing and following. And so what should we care about? Just practically here as I'm ending. What should we care about? We should be looking to Jesus 
who he is, what he's done, what he's doing, what he will do, meditating on the prologue and thinking and getting insight into Jesus, we should read and reread knowing that we haven't gotten there and there's going to be more. I, I mean, if you'll, just, if you'll just take the challenge on right now, just you will be changed. What you really want is to be changed into the image of Jesus and you will be changed as you read and reread this in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the context of community, so that we're not getting just off in wacky land. But just God leads us. He's led his church this whole time, all these 2,000 years, and he's going to lead us through this time as well. So we're looking, we should be looking to Jesus. We should be looking for what Jesus is doing in the moment. And just saying, Lord Jesus, how do I join you? That's one of our words for the year is listen. Surrender. First love. We sang about it today. These are the words for us as a local church here. Unity of the Spirit. And so we're looking, we're saying, Jesus, where are you working? How can I join you? Where are you filling up the water jars? How can I take the, the, the cup to somebody else? How can I join what you're doing? And that's really how we experience God. And everybody, everybody listening to Jesus is not for the elite. You know, his sheep know his voice. This is for everybody. You just ask him right now, Jesus, are you real? So he's, he, he's, not, he's not far away. And he's holding you together by the word of his power. Don't believe the lie of separation. He's with us. Christ in you is the hope of glory. On that day when the Holy Spirit comes, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Put your faith in Jesus. Look for what he's doing in the moment. Listen, he will, he will help us. He really will. And, uh, and so it's not just for the uh, elite or whatever, whatever that would, might mean to you. Listening is one of our words. Uh, the third thing there. We should be looking to Jesus, looking for what Jesus is doing in the moment, looking for his glory and believing. We should be looking for his glory and believing. Um, so, Lord, we want to see you. We want to know you. We want to believe and keep on believing. And, and that's the way the verb works so often in the New Testament in Greek. It's not just believe once in the past when you were 12 or 15, 20. It's believe and keep on believing. Trust, keep on trusting. Walk with him and keep on walking. And we need each other. We need your, the encouragement of the Lord to do that. I do. I need you. I'm, we're not in this alone. We need each other, right? This, this band of brothers and sisters this community. We need each other to do that. And then finally, we should be pointing as a signpost. We should be pointing to Jesus for others with our lives. Just creative, listening, wonderful. Some will be dramatic. Some will be very hidden. And that's okay. It's okay. We're not, we're not trying to put on a show, but we do want our lives to point to the righteousness of God, the justice of God, the peace of God, the love of God, the hope of God, and all that he brings to us through Jesus. Amen? Okay, y'all stand up. Worship team, come on up. Oh, I'm excited. What are you going to do, Lord, in these next few weeks, these next seven 
six, seven weeks here. What are you going to do? So ministry team come up as well. And here's, here's what we want to do. In this series, we want to see Jesus in a fresh way. And hopefully we're, we're starting to do that this morning. We want to believe in him. We want to follow him. And so if you need to get prayer about stepping into that, or maybe it's new, or maybe you're kind of coming back to the Lord after a season of maybe being away in some way, but, but he loves you and he's for you. He wants to, to know you and us to know him intimately, just like he knows the Father. And he prays that specifically. We, Father, I want them to know this love that you have for me, that you've had for me since the beginning and before creation. Okay, another thing we want to get prayer for then is that may be you, or it might be just breaking off hindrances. Just what's, what's hindering you from walking deeper, from believing more, from trusting in him, from following him. And we want the reality. We want the reality. I, I mean, I want that just, you know, when you get a taste of this, then it's like, it's better than anything else. It's like, if you eat meat, it's like a filet mignon versus the rancid, nasty meat of sin. Just, it, it will align you. Just seeing Jesus in a fresh way will align you. It's the hunger that we're longing to fill. It's Jesus. It's really good, you know, not filling it with, you know, bad stuff or even just junk stuff. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, Lord, just help us here as we respond. I, I, Lord, I just pray for a fresh wave of yes in our hearts. Lord, the things that are hindering to be broken off, Lord, and to see you the reality, the reality, the life, the love of God put on display. The salvation of God on display, the deliverance of God, the healing of God on display. We love you, Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, declared with power through the resurrection from the dead to be the true King and Lord of the world. We want to follow you. Whatever your need is, man, let's come, let's pray, let's lean in together. What's the Lord wanting to do in you right now? And if you have any other need, healing, that kind of thing, let's get prayer. Press into the Lord. The Lord moves right now as we're asking. You're going to do it, Lord. Mm -hmm. Love you, Jesus.